by the power of Grayskull. We're talking He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Hit it. It was 1982, Late Night with David Letterman made its debut. E.T. was released to huge success. The first issue of USA Today was published, and Mattel came out with its He-Man toy line. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Joining me tonight is a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite elves. You might know him from Tis the Podcast podcast. It's pretty awesome there. It's uh, Tom Crow. Tom, how you doing? I'm much better now that I'm chatting with you, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> much appreciated. <laughs> and uh, may I say likewise? It's getting, this quarantine life is getting pretty lonely. It really is. I, I think I've yeah. talked to only my wife and no other adults in the last ooh, month or so. I don't count my parents. You know, they're my parents. Their parents are not adults. <laughs> they're not adults. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, mostly I just talked to my one-year-old and my three-year-old. <laughs> what about you? Pretty much. Uh, my four-year-old talks to us nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they tend to do that, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. the today, little girls. <laughs> today, my wife and I were just looking at, looking at each other over dinner like, what is happening? <laughs> now we have identified ourselves as old adults. <laughs> as if, you know... Talking our, our 80s Christmas memories didn't already age <laughs> yeah. us, so the kids into the mix. Yeah, if that doesn't do it, I don't know what will. But tonight we're here to talk about He-Man. He-Man. The masters of the universe, and of course She-Ra as well. Um, what, are your, uh, what are your thoughts on He-Man in general? Good night. I loved He-Man as a kid so much. I was such a He-Man fan. And She-Ra, I like the whole masters of the universe. Universe. My, uh, we got a cat. We found this kitten that had been abandoned and got it, brought it home. I named it She-Ra. Nice. She-Ra later became He-Man. <laughs> um, once we realized there were some, some differences and he refused to stay in the house. So he was an inside outside cat. Oh, and gotcha. um, I think the naming had done something to him because you know, most cats necks have a slope mm -hmm. from their head to their back. His was a giant mass of, of muscle. Oh, wow. And outside, <laughs> he was this very vicious cat. You did not, you just didn't talk to, or touch or, or get around or anything. But when he came in, he was a sweet, lovable cat. Well, my great-grandmother made the mistake of picking him up. Oh, no. And he scratched her, and she needed like 27 stitches up her arm. Oh, wow. And then when they, they had to, the, when it got reported, they had to go get him tested to make sure he didn't have, you know, rabies, yeah, rabies. Watching, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he jumped to get to my grandfather and his teeth went into his leg and he hospitalized my granddad for like two weeks from some, something in his saliva. Oh my gosh. Like a, we made the mistake naming him He-Man. I think we should have gone with something, you know, like <laughs> Gumby, something a little so, Something more docile, yeah. 
but no, it was a, it was definitely a cartoon I always watched. Um, I didn't realize, of course, at the time, the how progressive it was as a cartoon, how many mm-hmm. of the boundaries it pushed. To me, it yeah. was just, it was just this, you know, cool master of the universe, Adam alter ego thing. That <laughs> uh, what little boy doesn't that resonate with? You know, when we're little, we want to be big. So he yeah. and the Hulk, those Batman, those those figures who were who were normal people who got the strength when they needed it really seemed to appeal to boys in the 80s right yeah oh yeah totally i mean it's it's like a jekyll and hyde thing but without the evil you know just the power and and we'll get to that particular word in general um power coming later but um but yeah i remember growing up that was uh that was the coolest everybody kind of felt like prince adam and um you know that he-man is is just your way of getting out there and, and making your own mark in the world, I suppose. And, and, uh, you know, as a little boy, it's, that's very telling really. And, um, it's a very powerful thing. I watched a couple of episodes recently and, and focused on this Christmas one we're going to talk about today. And there were a <laughs> lot of things I didn't notice. What's that? When I was watching it originally, and I'm sure some of it will come up. So I'll keep to it, but just, they overlooked a lot of things like, how blatantly obvious it was that Adam was He-Man, like he's supposed to be an alter ego, yet there's nothing to differentiate at all. You know, it's it's funny because the um, the 2000s, uh, that that reboot they kind of did in the early 2000s, uh-huh. um, the, you can, there's a marked difference between Prince Adam and He-Man. You know, he was he was this little skinny, scrawny guy, and of course He-Man's, you know, the, the big muscular guy. Um, but yeah, in the 80s cartoon, I mean, it's really, he got a tan and his hair is darker. That's... And he's, he's just not wearing a shirt. I mean, how, how do they not know it's the exact same guy? So I'm assuming that uh, he has that Superman Clark Kent thing going on. Uh, when he t- except instead of his glasses, it's when he takes his shirt off. <laughs> I I really don't know what it is because I mean they look exactly the same. <laughs> they do. They do. I'm really excited about the new Kevin Smith. He Me too. Out. Yes, um, it's it's supposed to be a sequel to the uh, original '80s filmation one, um, not its own, you know, reboot or whatever. So I'm really excited about that, and uh, I've seen the casting call. They even have a hero listed, which uh, in some continuities is He-Man and Tila's son, uh, or Adam, I suppose, and Tila's son. So um, I'm kind of excited huh. about that. <laughs> I think what I was most excited was to see. Because I mean, it's a great cast. Yeah, you've got Mark Hamill in there. Mark Hamill. Oh, Wood. yeah. Um, Lena he- uh, uh, Hedy. Hedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hedy. Cersei. Um, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, Cersei. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. I mean, it's just it's a cool cast. But I was most excited to see Henry Rollins on there. Oh, I, I knew you were going to be. <laughs> Henry Rollins as as fan back that. in the day. <laughs> As soon as I saw that, I said, okay, Tom's going to mention this if we talk about the sequel covered up. <laughs> I had to. I mean, just Henry Rollins is awesome. You know, and, and uh, the reason I actually asked you to be on this episode, because I, I remember you uh, in one of your Tiz a Podcast um, episodes, you actually mentioned how you, you really loved the Masters universe. And I, did. Um, I think, in, in fact, you even said you preferred the Shira Etheria side over the Eternia side. I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I did. I remembered correctly. That's good. <laughs> My memory is not like, failing me, even though I'm from the eighties. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I really did. I mean, it was just, oh. you know, it's, it's funny because the Etheria side, I never really got into as much. 
And I, th- I think because um, growing up, you know, I would play with all my, my friends and we would always do those role-playing type of games. Yeah, we'd play with the figures too a lot. But, um, you know, at school, like during recess and things like that, we would pretend we were the characters and we would have our show, you know. So it was, uh, was kind of hard to pretend to be She-Ra as a, a little boy uh so uh so you know i always preferred he-man so when she-ra came out i, I never really got into it as much especially because really the only male characters are like Bo and uh like hordak and you know a couple of guys here and there but and the occasional pop in from adam yeah exactly adam. yeah yeah but uh looking back on it the the stories are just so much more coherent they are <laughs> They're, they make a lot more sense yes but i was the same way as a kid as a kid, it was definitely the, the He-Man world for me. Did you... Uh, everything, did you... everything He-Man. I had He-Man, you know, the He-Man action figures, the He-Man... I mean, uh, the, the cool thing about being a little boy was the, the underwear in the 80s, right? You know, like <laughs> yes. That, the colored piping and then yes. across your, your backside would be, you know, these amazing scenes. And He-Mans <laughs> were just the coolest. Yes. You know, the art and the artists that they got, they really tried to copy that Frank Frazetta style. Uh, you uh-huh. know that uh, that Conan the Barbarian and um, like what's his name uh, Rudy Abrero, you know, and he he really captured that style on the the box art in particular, uh, you know, the blister covers and all that stuff. But the um, it's just so visceral, you know, uh, with with it's dark and brooding, but also bright because of the contrast between the the barbarian and the like the technology that sci-fi and fantasy. You know, it's it, the give and take is just so amazing to me uh, as an artist. And every time I look at, at some of those old pictures, it just, I'm just in awe how he was yeah. able to capture the style, but put his own twist on it. And I remember growing up, my cousins, um, they loved Conan. And so they had a lot of that Frank Frazetta type stuff. Uh-huh. And um, so it really, when He-Man came out, it really influenced me t- more towards that character. And, and I love G.I. Joe and I love, you know, uh, Mask and Transformers and all that. But He-Man kind of was like my first big, real foray into action adventure and and fantasy you know that kind of thing and it just i think that really made me kind of who i am and why i really love comic books and sci-fi fantasy (laughs) just because of he-man 100 percent. i mean he-man is what introduced me to the world of fantasy i never got into gi joe's i didn't like the um i think part of it was my family trying to keep away from the glorification of the military just my grandfather was was a seal in vietnam and just oh wow um well tried to keep away from um Tried, they, they tried to keep me away from the, the glorification of the military as this, you know, because it is hard. It, it does cost people's lives. Um, yeah. And I understood that as I got older. Uh, but um, He-Man was amazing. And you, you talked about the animation. As I was watching this, mm-hmm. I was longing so much for 80s cartoons afterwards because <laughs> I see this, this drivel that they're serving to yes. children today that's just this copy paste computer generated everything looks the exact same yes stuff this and, i mean you and you can see you can see the the budget they worked with with this you know they this wasn't a, a high budget thing this was really uh part of the, the marketing ploy this not marketing ploy but the marketing plan to sell toys right mm-hmm. and that's really what it came down to yeah but, you know like um there were parts where we would see like uh, um, Battle Cat. Oh, we yeah. See his tail in this loop as they were going through. Like you would see the tail doing the same exact thing through this loop. Um, and and you know when when there were people dusting, you would see the same cl- the same mm-hmm. bit of dust flying up. And I loved it, Jerry. It just brought back <laughs> such good memories, and it felt so nostalgic. Yes. 
uh, and it, it, again, it did. It just reiterates how awful cartoons are now. Yeah, I was watching that, uh, you know, some of the previews of that Thundercats remake that they were doing in that, yeah. that really, really cartoony style. And I was just, I mean, it made me mad. Like, like I was just upset and angry. And, uh, and then I, you know, I came to my senses and realized it's just a show it's dumb to get angry about, but just looking at it and looking back at the old Thundercats, that Rankin Bass, uh, you know, style. Uh, and I know you're not quite a Rankin Bass fan, but you know, Thundercats is kind of different. So. Thundercats I am a hundred percent. No, uh, yeah. You know, this cartoony joke, it's like Thundercats weren't cartoony and jokes. They were mm-mm. heroes to look up to. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, you uh, wanted to be lion ho you know (laughs) thundercats ho he really wanted to get behind them it was yes um, and and i think that's why i i did really enjoy the uh reboot that early 2000s reboot i mentioned of he-man and the masters of the universe because uh they did take it really seriously you know it wasn't uh it, it wasn't in that ren and stimpy's style uh that was going around uh, since the you know mid '90s, I mean, it really was. Yes, it was still kind of anime, but uh, I mean, you know, the sculpting on each person was was really uh, intense, and uh, the backstories. Yeah, I mean, Skeletor was really their uncle Keldor, whose face got like melted off essentially. I mean, it's you know that's intense for for a, a kids show. Um, was that not was that not part of the original canon that he was their uncle? Um, it was, it was always hinted at, but it was never, right. okay. never approved. Yeah. I always thought, I always thought it was their uncle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I, <laughs> while doing a, some research on this, I actually discovered myself and, and I've read some of the comics, but, uh, nothing really too intense. And, and now DC is actually putting out some pretty good comics of, of, uh, masters, uh, some new ones. Yeah. Some new oh. ones. There's a, the latest one is I think, uh, the masters of the multiverse, which is uh, really cool. So they apply the whole multiverse concept to uh, He-Man. And in some of these, these uh, alternate timelines or alternate dimensions, Skeletor is actually the good guy. And so it's, it's kind of cool. To, <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to actually get off of this call tonight and order that on Amazon. That just sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some really neat ones out there. So, uh, and DC actually, so, you know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. He-Man and Masters of the Universe was essentially started developing in the late 70s, um, mm-hmm. mostly because um, Mattel needed something to keep up with Kenner. Kenner bought the rights after Mattel and Hasbro passed um, to Star Wars, and uh, they were just killing it sales-wise. So Mattel needed something. They did a whole bunch of market research, and they discovered that a lot of little boys were they really wanted control they they use the term power specifically a lot Mm -hmm. so they decided to kind of take that and go with it and in uh, 81 um roger sweet uh, based off some mark taylor designs he 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 and uh along with like mark ellis and um paul cleveland and some other guys they kind of developed this line and it released in 1982 this toy comes with something that can really open up a kid's imagination its own legend. He-Man! Skeletor is his enemy. It's the Masters of the Universe collection. And for my kids, the legend begins here with Castle Skull. It holds the powers of the universe. He-Man! Skeletor has captured Castle Skull. We must stop his evil power. To Skull. Defeat He-Man's forces, but leave him to me. Here I am, Skeletor. He-Man! 
nothing safe while Skeletor is out there. And so the legend continues in this Masters of the Universe collection. And in the imagination of my kids, look for it. It's new from Mattel. <laughs> and yeah, at the time, there was that whole thing where you really couldn't have uh, commercials for, you know, toy lines longer than a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And Reagan, I, th- I believe it was President Reagan, or during his administration anyway, that um, they kind of FCC reversed some of those uh, guidelines. And so they were able to tie in with the mini comics. They were uh, able to tie in with the special three issue uh, mini series from DC, uh, where mm-hmm. Superman actually is on uh, Eternia. <laughs> and so Superman and He-Man team up to take down Skeletor, which, uh, you know, you think about it, Skeletor can't keep up with He-Man at all. So he Why and- would you need Superman? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing and the avengers were always terrible about this in the 60s so they would like when they were one-on-one they would dispose of these villains like no no problem but whenever the team would fight against the same villain they always had like so much trouble so it's kind of like that same thing <laughs> yeah he-man can take skeletor or whatever but when you get he-man and superman together it's a little more <laughs> suddenly their their competence goes down a whole bunch <laughs> but uh, you know that interesting that interesting use of the term for for boys wanting power at this time you know we're seeing it's interesting because in society um society became so unstable in the 70s relatively speaking with Mm -hmm. um not only um in popular culture with people protesting with with this anger with you know this whole revolution that happened cultural revolution that happened but the um the home really shifted. We saw this huge jump starting in the, the early to mid seventies and divorce rates. They just started shooting mm-hmm. up. And so suddenly all these little boys at home, their families are breaking up. They feel completely lost. And that's where these characters gave that, gave that feeling. They gave mm-hmm. that power. I know that's what appealed. That's what appealed to me. Like this control over my own life and destiny yeah. is something I wanted so badly from a young age that um, I couldn't actualize. I couldn't, you know, come out and say this is what I'm looking for but that's the void that these that these heroes felt that build for us right yeah um, so it's really interesting the way they did that research and they, they honed in on that because I look back as a young boy and that's what I felt was powerless as a kid yeah yeah and it so. you know so they really they noticed that word kept coming up and so they initially I mean that's why he-man says you know I have the power but the power uh, but initially they were going to call the line lords of power and um, of course some executives you know heard it and said well there's it sounds too religious so they changed it to masters of the universe um which i don't know i depending on your religion i suppose can sound uh, also religious but uh yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know uh, I, i'm not gonna go there but anyway um <laughs> uh yeah so so they changed it to masters of the universe uh but they kept that phrase you know when he-man's transform prince adam is transforming um, but what what really struck me is I went back and I found some of my old um, some of my old mini comics. Uh, my parents they had kept a lot of my my He-Man toys and and a lot of my other toys in boxes, and they finally gave them to me a couple of years ago. And I went back and started looking through them, and the storyline is completely different from the traditional one that we're used to. So originally He-Man was just like a member of a barbarian kind of tribe that grew up in the jungle and you know, that kind of thing. He found a a harness that gave him special, uh, just enhanced his strength. And uh, Tila was initially conceived to be kind of like the sorceress character called the goddess. That's why she, her figure came with that, um, that like cobra uh, Uh head, headdress kind of thing. 
so he meets her and she kind of gives him the harness or whatever and and then skeletor has half of a power sword and he-man has to find the other half and when they put the halves together they can open castle grayskull and castle grayskull is kind of like this just neutral property that whoever has it you know essentially becomes a master of the universe so you know there was no prince adam no like royal family uh and essentially eternia has been like just devastated by wars and plagues and things like that and it's just kind of like in the ruins of all that so uh somehow when they sold the rights to filmation and they kind of take what's there but change it and adapt it uh because in those mini comics and especially in the dc miniseries prince adam i guess really appealed to them and so uh -huh. they decided to make prince adam turn into he-man and go from there so huh. <laughs> so it's so strange to see it and you know like trap jaw is like just this interdimensional pirate and uh i, I mean all these guys are just they're not like just you know comic relief lackeys they're they're yeah. actually like like dangerous guys and he-man has you know man at arms to help him fight and all these things and ram man and i mean it's it's so strange and different but it's also cool in its own way so so it's kind of like its own separate multiverse its own universal huh. multiverse you know so it's kind of neat but i always i always thought the prince adam was like the original that was their idea but no i was definitely way off on that that's crazy i didn't know that <laughs> right Oh, well, I don't know. But the art by, um, what's his name? Uh, Alcala. I, I don't remember his first name, like Armando or something like that. It's fantastic in those mini comics. It's like like straight late 70s, early 80s style art, uh, almost Neil Adams. And it's just, it's amazing. So I'm always drawn to that kind of style. Uh, and of course, I, lo I love Jim Lee. I love, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Lane Liu and, and uh, you know, Jason uh, Fabak and all those guys. But uh, But something about that early early 80s late 70s style that just always gets to me but, uh, <laughs> but this is a christmas show and the reason we're talking he-man is not just because it's awesome but because um he-man and the masters of the universe were the best-selling toy in what it was in 1984 so uh for christmas so that plus their christmas special which we're going to discuss in just a bit uh it kind of really drew me to he-man and plus i just want an excuse to talk about one of my favorite toys ever but <laughs> <laughs> oh so that's the, funny the christmas special I don't know if I, I don't know if it was the first year, if it was when it came out. I was four, but uh, I know I saw it at a very, very, very young age. I have, it's not how I remember it, but I definitely remember watching it. You know, I, I honestly don't even remember watching it. Really? I, yeah, I, I, the Christmas special. I, I had read about it, and I went back, and I think I'm pretty sure I saw it because I saw just about everything, but. I honest, I just don't remember watching it. Like I didn't remember anything about it at all. So going back and, and, you know, revisiting it was something, it, it was almost like it was completely new. And, and uh, yes, I'd read synopses about it and, and all sorts of summaries and, and, you know, uh, breakdowns and reviews and watching it in person. And I watched it with my three-year-old and my seven-year-old and uh, it, 
the looks on their faces when they're talking about Christmas and Santa and, and, you know, when Skeletor has his own little crisis of conscience. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, that was when I said there was a lot, I didn't remember. That was it. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and that chummy moment where they're all standing together with like the typical, you know, what I typically associate with like GI Joe's <laughs> yeah, yeah. hands on hips laugh yeah, yeah. at the end and just standing there with Skeletor like that. I was like, Whoa, I do not remember. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Mortal come... enemies lay down their arms for Christmas. You know, it was a Christmas <laughs> truce of uh, whatever year this is. And they're in their youth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From uh, 19, what was it? 1916? 17. 17. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that completely blew my mind because I had forgotten all about that. And I mean, just everything. I didn't remember there being earth children there. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Sorry. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll just break it down. Essentially, some children from earth are brought to Eternia and, and uh, He-Man has to rescue them before Skeletor and Hordak turn them over to Horde Prime. That's, the, that's like the bare bones you know, mm-hmm. kind of breakdown of it. But it all begins when He-Man and Man-at-Arms are testing like their new kind of like spy satellite rocket ship thing. And Orko being Orko, he, uh, <laughs> he, he decides to sneak a peek and accidentally sets it off and tries some magic and it ends up going to Earth. <laughs> In typical Orko fashion. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Orko. I mean, he tries so hard and, uh, I think I remember. Am I wrong? Like on his home in his home dimension, he's actually like a really powerful. Yes. Is, is yes. That, okay. Okay. That's it's what I the, thought. It's the different laws at play in in this dimension where he got left that that his that just don't jive with his magic. But he was a he was an extremely powerful magician. Yeah. Back in his home hound, <laughs> whatever that I don't remember where that was. Trala, I think, is what it's called. Like T-R. Trala, yeah, because they were yeah, yep. You're yeah. absolutely right. And uh, they were yeah. trolling. Troll it, yeah. <laughs> trolling, but trolling, psh, yeah. Anthony, yeah. You, you listening to this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, uh, they, he crashes on Earth uh, and he befriends two Earth children, uh, a boy and a girl, Miguel, and um, I don't remember the little girl's name. But uh, anyway, they start teaching him about Christmas because it's only a few days until Christmas. And what are you doing out here alone in the snow anyway? Getting a Christmas tree. A what? A Christmas tree. Until he got lost. Aw, oh, there, there. You're not really lost. You found me, didn't you? Found you? Yeah, I'm the one who's lost. My ship crashed just over that hill. Come on, I'll show you. And maybe we can find a way to get you safely home to your parents. You said you were looking for a, a Christmas tree? What's that? First of all, it's a Christmas. No. I mean, it's not a Christmas tree. It's a Christmas tree, and it's to celebrate Christmas. What's Christmas? Everybody knows what Christmas is. I don't. When you get lots of presents. Presents? (laughs) I think I like Christmas. Well, presents are part of it, but it's also a time when everybody thinks about peace and goodwill toward men. That's what the angel said. Angel? Now I'm really getting confused. No, it's not confusing. Not at all. Listen, if you really don't know about Christmas, we'll tell you the whole story. A long, long time ago. And the three wise men followed the star until they finally reached Bethlehem. Ah, what a beautiful story. But what about the gifts? You said there were gifts at Christmas. That's the fun part. Let's tell them about Santa Claus. (laughs) I'll tell them. 
he finds them because they got lost in the woods trying to get a Christmas tree. Trying right? to get a Christmas tree. That's right. Yeah. I, I'd forgotten about that. Well, you, you get a real tree every year, don't you? I do. But I've never gotten lost and found by a troll in before. Oh, well. Unfortunately. I guess you weren't trying hard enough then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess it was the 80s, so it's a bit different. But uh, I don't know of any parents that would just let their children go out and get a Christmas tree on their own, uh, especially at that young. But, Apparently uh, Alicia's parents did. That's her name, right? Miguel and Alicia? I think you're right, yeah. 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 Miguel and Alicia's parents are pretty uh, okay. And then they go missing for days. And, <laughs> and then they go missing, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. They should make like a, like that story, like, you know, this story adjacent, you know, where it's just the parents like going crazy <laughs> trying to find their kids. Uh, that's terrible. Terrible idea, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know, making calls, looking all around. Um, At the end of the day, they end up getting, you know, arresting He-Man for kidnapping. Yeah. Let's make this all sway twenty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that I'd, I'd pay to see that. I think I would. But, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, so um, in order to bring Orko back, they can use a special device Man-at-Arms has. It's essentially like a transporter, but they don't have the correct resources. So they figure there might be some on Etheria. Shira's um, world where she's on and so she goes and she has to find fight a beast monster which by the way I never realized how many times I use the word beast like in mm-hmm. these shows beast monster later on Skeletor has to fight a snow beast yes uh, I mean it's it's like which you know beast monster I mean that's like out of straight out of like the Rankin Bass I started cracking up when they said beast <laughs> monster I'm like man this is so much cheesier than I ever knew it <laughs> and you remembered yeah and it's so redundant you know because if you're a beast you're more than likely a monster and <laughs> it was just such a generic a such a generic water serpent thing i mean like they were, yeah <laughs> yeah so she has to fight it she gets the what it materials they're able to beam them back but they accidentally beam back the two little kids as well and uh, that's where i guess the real conflict starts horde prime uh hordak and skeletor's like boss i guess tells them you know hey we don't need any more Christmas spirit because it's just too goody goody for Eternia, and that's going to make my takeover of it even harder. So, you know, go get me these children. The arrival of the spirit of Christmas on Eternia might threaten my rule. I don't need any more goodwill at Brotherhood on that planet. Find it and crush it. Whoever you live yeah, so Skeletor and Hordak, uh, of course, after arguing, they decide to go ahead and each go on their own and try to kidnap these children and bring them to Horde Prime. Uh, they, they both, it's, um, uh, Skeletor ends up finding the kids. That's right. For whatever reason, he, I mean, the, he's very kind and helpful to the kids there. Well, but he kind of resists the, too, because he, he's like, you know, get up, get moving. And she's so frozen. Or, or like so freezing that she can't move. And so he like relents and gives her a coat. Yeah. There's no Christmas spirit here. Now get moving, you two, before Hordak comes back. I, I'm sorry, mister, but, but we're so cold. So you're cold. Oh, blast it. Thank you, 
Mr. Skeletor. You are very kind. Kind? Never use that word around me. Now get moving. And they start. And they were going to leave their cat or whatever that thing was. Oh, it was a, one of the manchines. It was, it was like a, a manchine puppy. Yeah, puppy. They were going to leave it behind, and she ends up guilting him into letting her bring him along. And we see Skeletor <laughs> softening this whole time in a way that I did not know was possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I was going to say so much so that the kids describe him as kind, kind at the end. And, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Mr. Skeletor. You saved us. You really are wonderful. Listen, I am not nice, I am not kind, and I am not wonderful. And um, Relay, the puppy was Relay, that's right. Relay, you're right, yeah. yeah. And what's interesting, you know, the, the puppy starts licking him. Because he decides he's going to carry him. He's going to, you know, like you said, she guilts him into it. So he picks him up and he's carrying him. He's like, uh, it'll, be, it'll be faster if I carry him or whatever. And uh, he ends up kind of liking it. Because yep. <laughs> he doesn't want to put him down. <laughs> and then Hordak shoots them down, right? Hordak, yeah. Hordak shoots them down into the mountains where they're going to find the snow beast. I guess that was beforehand. That's why they were walking. That's why they're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And and he saves them from the snow beast, which is another, which again is why they call him kind. And um, yeah, we have that talk where the kids start talking about Christmas. Oh yeah. yeah. How much fun everybody has. And they're like, so they're fighting. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fighting is fun. And then said, no, no. And and you give each other like presents and he's like, Oh, and when you open them, they explode. (laughs) And they're like, no, they're nice presents. And he's like, nice. It doesn't sound very fun to me. <laughs> it's like some of the worst dialogue ever, but it cracks me up. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It is amazingly awesome. But, uh, tell me more about this uh, this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're nice gifts. Nice? Doesn't sound like much fun to me. Yeah, so, so they start teaching him about Christmas. And, uh, of course, Hordak shows up. He-Man and She-Ra show up. And then Horde Prime himself shows up. We see Horde Prime. And he's about to nab the children when Skeletor you know, I guess just full of Christmas spirit decides to save them. I mean, I think he even says like, I don't know what's coming over me, but I must save the children. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he shoots Horde Prime. And then of course, He-Man and She-Ra toss him out into outer space. And then we have that, that scene you're talking about where they're all standing around just kind of, and she was like, don't worry. It's, it's only once a year. <laughs> it's all perfect timing though, because uh, Queen Marlena at the beginning is, I mean, so at the beginning, we're setting up for the, uh, 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 the twins' birthday, the kids' oh, birthday, right. right? Yeah, Adam and Adora, yeah. Adam and Adora are going to have their birthday, which uh, for whatever reason, now the kids, now they're what, like late, I'm assuming early 20s. They're, they're older. Yeah. This is the first time Queen Merlina talks about Christmas on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a whole new concept <laughs> to everybody. So it's, it's really good timing that the kids came this particular year. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, things always work out like that in real life. Exactly. <laughs> they do. And it just so happened that Adam had an awesome Christmas Santa suit, too, which was great. <laughs> he just went down to, you know, the workshop, man-at-arms workshop. And, uh, yep. <laughs> I love how they, even had his, they, they, they kept his same hair, no beard, but the same hair and made it white. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. It's, it's like, come on, it's clearly Adam. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but they can tell it's Adam, even though it's the same hair and white. They just still can't tell it's He-Man, He -Man. even though it's just a little bit darker. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so they have their own kind of little mini Christmas celebration. Adam um, dresses up as Santa for them because they're afraid they're going to miss it. And then they get those cool, like, uh, anti-gravity belts mm -hmm. and the return to Earth where, you know, they tell their parents the truth. And, of course, parents don't believe them. And then they fly by with their anti-gravity belts. It's just, it's great. I mean, that end tag, usually the end, the end tags are, eh, they're okay. But that one just, that got me. I mean, I, I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean you know you have kids tell you these imaginative tales of what they've been doing and you're mm -hmm. like okay sure yeah and then this time they're like wait what why <laughs> yeah it did. and and they they do like a little freeze frame on their faces you know and their 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 eyes are just so wide and their mouths are open and <laughs> oh those 80s freeze frames too that just felt so quintessentially 80s yes Yep. Well, same thing. Just the fact that they had anti-gravity belts. That uh -huh. seems like something exactly from that era, you know? They weren't flying anything. They were anti-gravity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was futuristic talk for the 80s. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, uh, that's the Christmas special. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, as cheesy and corny as it was, I actually really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed Skeletor's uh, arc. Because Skeletor legit like has an arc. He's not just a one-dimensional character in this. You know, Hordak is is the same one-dimensional character, but but you know Skeletor. I mean, he really actually kind of grows. Uh, he did. I mean, I'm sure episode. he'll go back to. <laughs> I'm sure he'll go back to the same old bonehead before. But uh, <laughs> you know, I like he, that bonehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Thank thank you. <laughs> but yeah, but so yeah, this will be part of my Christmas canon. I think. I, I think it yeah. will be part of mine too. It was uh, that good. We've already watched it like three times, <laughs> my children and I. <laughs> so um, I said, it's interesting, you know, they weren't allowed to hit in cartoons before this. This was the first cartoon where they could hit. But uh, I thought it was interesting because I, when I was studying about this, that, you know, they talk, I always remembered He-Man's sword because he always said, oh, I have the power as he's transforming. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize he didn't really use his he sword. He didn't really much, use he it. He still wasn't allowed to use it. It was just like, it was just a prop. And as we were, as I was watching this, I was like, huh, it's there. But he never actually uses it. Mm -hmm. And uh, She-Ra, I mean, both of them, they essentially just use their swords for like, like breaking, you know, out of things. Uh, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, to throw it in as almost like a grappling hook with the rope attached, you know, kind of a thing. They don't, yeah, they don't really use their swords. They don't really hit anybody. In fact, He-Man prefers to just pick people up and throw them. Yep. And, you know, She-Ra does, does that, that kind of kick thing. And uh, yeah, she does it as well. You know, she'll pick them up. And uh, the only time we really see that animation of He-Man punching is when he's going to punch like a boulder or, uh -huh. you know, like a steel door or something like that. You know, I, and you're right. It, it was, they had just made those new rules and, and uh, they still stuck with that same Super Friends style of fighting. You know, in the Super Friends, those Justice League cartoons, they, same thing, they weren't allowed to like hit people or, or really fight. So they will always have to come up with different ways to solve the problem. And, uh -huh. and He-Man ended up doing that too, which was also kind of cool because he was so powerful, but essentially he, he used his brain most of the time to kind of end the fight. And right. if he couldn't, then he would just pick you up and throw you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he can do that. He's He-Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to correct him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's his prerogative. <laughs> 
I was watching this other this one episode where um they they go to like this ice realm and a king uh, his daughter was kidnapped by Skeletor so he's like forced to to fight and capture the the royal family and so Adam hasn't transformed because he's frozen and so Orko who's the only one that wasn't frozen pretends to be He-Man uh, and save the day and he convinces like the king of this ice underground ice realm that he's He-Man and so he He's like, okay, but you have to, you have to free my assistant to help me, which is Adam. And so they becomes, he turns into He-Man, and they're on their way to go rescue the, the guy's daughter from Skeletor's uh, at Snake Mountain. And uh, the whole time, He-Man's like, like playfully like jabbing him about, you know, oh, I'm just your assistant, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't realize He-Man was a, He-Man was such a troll. That's <laughs> thought, funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a great episode. I remember, oh, I remember having my little uh, Orko toy, like I yes. Had him with he meant you know why he was drawn the way he was right i do because originally his name yeah. was was gorpo with the g and uh they realized it was going to be so hard to draw that g especially when they reused animation uh that they decided to just make it an o <laughs> that's why he has no mouth and no feet yeah exactly yeah, yeah just let's keep going with it all right we're gonna if we're gonna go if we're gonna go halfway in on this let's go fully halfway let's all the way halfway, yeah. halfway. <laughs> well it's like that's like snake eyes essentially you know snake yeah. eyes they ran out of money for the sculpts and paint so they just kind of made an all-black figure with no face and and he became like the most popular joe <laughs> and this is like he looks amazing i mean even in in the more even in the more modern adaptations he just looks unbelievable mm -hmm. um talking about orko and i'm sorry i kind of jumped there but but it reminded me when in 1987 when the masters of the universe movie came out i mean i was like so jazzed and i didn't realize that that gwildor character was like his own like brand new character at first i thought that was like their take on orko because you know i was seven years old and mm -hmm. i didn't know about hollywood stuff and so uh, I remember being upset that he didn't look anything like Orko. And of course, then the toy came out and it said Gwildor and I, and I realized, okay, it's a different guy. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and draw to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. But, uh, you know, Orko, I, I always 
really liked him because he was, yeah, he was kind of a joke. He always messed things up, but he had a lot of heart uh-huh. and, and he, he always really tried. And so because of that, I, I always kind of felt drawn to Orko. In the end, he came through, right? Yeah, he usually does. But uh, on, on you're talking about the Christmas special? No, in general. Like, oh, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, in he the fumbles, end, he came through. He, he messes things up, but he always come through, comes yep. through, and he's always there for Adam slash He-Man. Always. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and my son, I've noticed my son really likes Battle Cat as his favorite, and then Orko uh-huh. is his second favorite as well. So, uh, of course, Battle Cat was just awesome. Um, did you have a Battle Cat toy? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. And it had the armor that would go on and off. Yes. And yep. it, was, it was just so cool. Now, that one actually originated because they also ran out of their uh, tooling money. And so they decided to just take a tiger from the Big Jim toy line and paint him green with, you know, the yellowish-orange stripes. And uh, then they saw next to the He-Man toy and said, well, he's too big. And so as a joke, um, Paul Cleveland was like, well, just put a saddle on him or something. And so they... They literally just came up with the armor that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, if uh, if you go to Netflix, there's there's two documentaries you can watch. The first one is um, the Toys That Made Us, and it's all about uh-huh. He-Man. And the second one is a, a special. Uh, it goes a little bit more in depth on certain things. It's called uh, The Power of Grayskull, and that's also um, all about He-Man and She-Ra and, and that one goes uh, like I said a little bit more in depth especially with the movie especially with She-Ra in particular um, and so you feel free to check those out they're they're great documentaries and um, I, I was really excited to watch them I think I've seen both of them like three or four times each um, they're just they're interesting you know but um, but yeah so, so that's how that's how Battle Cat's armor came out <laughs> so it's interesting to me though that Battle Cat is so still battle cat no matter what and yet swift wind is like an upgrade for shira right oh totally yeah swift wind is her horse but her horse becomes a unicorn and i didn't remember at all that swift wind talked that i don't yeah i didn't remember that part either uh um, swift wind talked it's like what <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i guess it makes sense cringer talks so you know you yeah, gotta right i mean there's there's seriously it's it as as better as it was, there's there is just a lot of copy paste. So you know, Orko is like Madame Raz, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it really is. And like you said, Swiftwind is essentially Battle Cat. Um, Man at Arms is a or what's her name is Man at Arms. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. The daughter of the uh, the, the old leader of the rebellion. Man, uh-huh. I can't remember her name to save my life. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, they you can kind of just plug everybody in. And uh, of course, then they do their own take. They're they're fighting against Hordak and all that. But um, their names, though, are just oh, I know they're they're pretty. Perfuma, the one that always makes me entrapta. laugh. <laughs> no, the worst one is um, Snout Spout, <laughs> the guy with the elephant head. Do you remember Snout Spout? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, that one's bad. Um, oh my yes i do but i remember from the i remember the, the toy i didn't have it but i definitely remember the toys yeah i didn't have them either but um i bought my son because he was you know he was getting so into it's e-man terrible. that i i bought him um a little golden book called i am he-man and i bought my daughter the i am she-ra little golden book and there in one of the scenes you know just like a background character is snout spout doing his thing <laughs> and like out of all the characters they could have chosen 
to be in the background of like this one scene. I mean, you got like many faces, Mechanex, Stratos, Buzz Off, like all these guys that came out way more and they picked Snout Spout and it just, it cracked me up. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They, they, they're very much of that, that era uh, when it comes to names, you know, it was a uh, Stinkor, Beastman, uh, Whiplash was actually pretty good. Uh, Faker. Master at Arms, like that's just not a name. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, and then the show, I guess, gave him the name Duncan. So, so I guess Duncan well, is did? his real name. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times they call him Duncan. But I remember the show was really cool because when it started gaining popularity, then they kind of started making the toys based off the show rather than, you know, their original continuity. So then we mm-hmm. actually had the Sorceress come out and the Prince Adam toy, and uh, of course Orko. And all these that were just amazing figures that uh, you know you could actually then pretend you could switch out you know Prince Adam for He-Man and um, you can go to Castle Grayskull and and you know the sorceress could be there. And whereas before you know before any of the the show and any of that stuff, if you had the toys, you pretty much just kind of played oh I'm good guy I'm bad guy and let's fight. Yeah, did they have Fisto toys? Do you know? They did. Yeah, Fisto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another unfortunate name there. Uh, <laughs> Jitsu. A guy with a big head. Yeah, <laughs> well, and then his counterpart was Jitsu. You remember Jitsu? Uh uh-uh. uh He's like like a terrible Asian American or Asian stereotype. <laughs> and uh, so that, that's another one. Um, Moss Man was cool because he had the flocking. He, you know, he was flocked, uh-huh. and uh, he was supposed to smell like moss, but my, I never smelled it. I mean, to me, it always just smelled like. Plastic. Plastic toy. Yeah, pretty much. Triclops. Uh, Triclops was awesome. Yes. I used to love Triclops. He was one of my favorites. Uh, I just thought the the fact that his whole eyes could spin, I mean, that was just cool. And his sword was cool. His sword was cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so my my kids have been playing with uh, my old He-Man toys. But at this point, I mean, they were up in my, my parents' attic for decades. So... You know, a lot of them were pretty brittle. Some of them were, the plastic was kind of melting. Uh, and so they were kind of sticky. And uh, so they don't play with a lot of them. But uh, but they do get to play with He-Man, Skeletor, Ram Man, still good, Sorceress. Uh, Tila's still pretty good. They were playing with Trap Jaw. He finally just broke. And, you know, it's at this point, it's cool. They can, if they break, they break. No big deal. But uh, right. yeah, so they're, they're having fun playing with Battle Cat and Norco and all those guys. And, and my old Castle Grayskull, which is missing like a ton of stuff, but is still good enough that they can use their imaginations and, and just play. And I kind of miss doing that sometimes, you know? Right. <laughs> there is a new, did you see there's a new Popco Funk coming out of He-Man on Battle Cat? Uh, Funko Pop? That's Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, there's a new Funko Pop coming out. No, I, saw I hadn't when I was seen researching. that. I had to look seen it up. That. It is amazing. Okay, I got to check this out. I think it's coming out this summer. A lot of them, but the new one coming out looks the best. They're, oh like they have yeah, Prince, on Battle Cat. Uh huh. That is cool. They have Prince Adam. They have, of course, He Man, Shira. They have the Sorceress. Sorceress yeah. Yeah. Uh, Web Store. You remember Web Store? Uh huh. <laughs> These names, man. Um, Cyclone, I remember Cyclone. He was one Cyclone. of my favorites. Yeah, he had like that. It wasn't holographic, but what was it? Um, there's a name for it. Um, on anyway, he he had like the emblem on his chest, and you know you'd move it slightly, and you could see iridescent. It. Uh, no, yeah, no, you mean yeah, yeah, I know what you mean yeah. 
So he had that. He was always so cool. And then you could spin him and his arms would like fly up like a cyclone. You know, he had like a, like a wheel on the back. So that was really cool. And there was another one that was like a cowboy kind of guy, which I always thought was strange, but uh, called Rio Blast. And he had like all these guns that would come out of like everywhere. And so he was one of my favorites. And I don't know if it's because like I'm from Texas and I'm just like required to love cowboy, <laughs> cowboy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but but he was always so cool, and, and uh, I always liked him, but he, I don't recall him ever coming out in the cartoon, of course. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> but I remember, I remember being so excited when the movie was going to come out, and my, my dad actually took my brothers and I to go see it in the theater. It was like a special father-son's kind of thing. My mom stayed home, mm-hmm. and you know, as a kid, I thought it was great, although I, I still was very upset that they didn't look exactly like the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as an adult, I, I, sometimes I'm still kind of that purist, but, you know, I let I let it go quite a bit. You know, like the Dark Knight suit, I, I, I still love uh, Captain America. You know, um, he doesn't have the scale mail and all that, but it's mm-hmm. I like it better. It's it's just it's more practical, you know, so things like that I, I, I'm, I'm good with now. But back in the day, I remember I hated it that Man at Arms wasn't yellow and green, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I yeah. hated that Tila didn't have her white and gold outfit. Why didn't she have it? You know, but but I did think Beast Man was, was uh, legit. They, yeah, they did a great job with that Beast Man. He was just so cool. Uh, and I always wanted them to. I don't recall. Did they release a toy of that of that Beast Man? I don't think they. I didn't have it. If they did, I didn't either. And I, I always wanted it, but I know they had Blade. They had Saurad. Yeah, I always wanted that Beast Man. He just he just looks so menacing. Mm-hmm. You know, just better than the orange and red <laughs> with the blue underoos. <laughs> but being from Texas, did you ever go to Hanna-Barbera land? I never did, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even think I realized it was here. It was Where? in Houston. Was it in Houston? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we didn't go to Houston often. We went more to San Antonio because it was only about three hours away rather than uh, Houston, which was like five and a half, five, almost six hours away. So we tended to stay closer. No, that would have been really cool. Yeah, I went as a, I went as a kid. I went there for my birthday one year. It was, it was awesome. Nice. I love those Hanna-Barbera, those Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I mean, they're just, they're classic. So many cool things. So what would you say is your favorite He-Man toy? Oh, by far, it was just, it was He-Man. He-Man, yeah. It was He-Man, 100%. When I when I would play when I would play with friends or or anything, I always wanted He Man um, every time. Yeah, and you then know, Docto. The, I remember uh, I had a few He Man. So I had, uh, of course, the regular He Man, and uh-huh. then I had the one that had like that that special armor with the battle damage. So like when you like you'd you'd hit it, and then you know it kind of flip, and there would be like a like a little scar, and then you hit it again, and it flip again, and there was like a deeper like cut. Uh, like a big old gash in his Whoa. armor. So that was kind of cool. And then you'd flip it again, he'd be healed, you know. Uh, so I had that one. But I think my favorite was the Power Punch He-Man. And uh, yes, yeah, he he had the, the caps. The, on his back. Put, on his back, yeah. yes. And uh, do they still make caps like that? I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, I, they got to be dangerous, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, you'd put the little cap in the pack on his back and then you'd twist uh-huh. him and he'd punch and the cap would go off, and I mean, it would sound like a real punch, you know? It was just, oh, it was so great. And um, that one, I think, out of all the figures, was my favorite, because, you know, I could kind of, I didn't have to provide my own sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) 
you felt less like you were doing a, a 60s Batman game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pow, blap, <laughs> kazam, I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, of course, I tried to get as many as I could. Of course, we, we couldn't afford a whole lot, but uh, I remember whenever, whenever I do get good grades, my parents would get me one and uh you know as, as like a reward they, mm-hmm. they'd take me to kb toys I, I don't know if they still have kb toys anywhere but uh i, I don't think I they don't do think so i don't yeah. think so but we'd go in and i'd go straight to like you know that action figure aisle and you know they'd have all the the cool toys the gi joes the thundercats the transformers and then the he-man section and i remember because the uh the roof actually like kind of went down a little bit <laughs> so mm-hmm. it wasn't as elevated uh, it was like in that main entrance and then you'd go back to that section and it was almost more like a, I don't know, like a, like a closet or like a display hall, you know, it's just, everything was, was just there just for you. And so many times we would go and I'd pick up a He-Man toy, you know, cause sometimes we'd go to the mall for other things and, and you just pick one up and you'd start looking at it, look at the back, all the figures on the, on the, you know, the, the card, the uh-huh. different ones. And you're like, Oh, I want that one. I want that one. And you kind of make your, your wish lists and, uh, you know, if you're lucky and, and, you know, you save up money for your allowance and then, you know, get good grades and stuff, then you could actually get them. And there was nothing like, like earning one of those He-Man, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, it was always, I, w- I went between that and the Thundercats all the time. Yes. Yeah. Thundercats were, were also amazing. Another one of my favorites, but uh, you know, it's, um, I was talking with uh, Anthony and uh, we were talking Rankin Bass, of course. And we were talking about Thundercats in particular and that style. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's a great style. You know, it's, it's, a, it's you know, it's, it's that typical, almost um, like studio Ghibli, um, you know, Miyazaki type style that, that they kind of adapted, you know, but Thundercats, when you compared it, the animation style to He-Man, while similar, you know, not so angular in their lines and things like that, like Batman, the animated series, um, they're also very different and, uh-huh. and, and I just, I love them both. You know, He-Man, they, they were famous for, you know, admitting that, that they did the rotoscoping. So they would film the characters in black and white, uh, you know, real life actors dressed up and then they'd kind of draw over it to get their motions and they'd have their stock footage that one of them laughing, you know, where they toss their head back. And, uh, and of course where He-Man would toss his sword from one hand to the next or uh, <laughs> which the, the okay, things they do all the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. What's the point? Can I ask, what's the purpose of that? <laughs> like, why, why wouldn't do you, you do that? Okay. Well, see, cause if I had a sword, I do like, I do like Conan stuff, you know, where you just kind of spin right. it around your body and <laughs> be more intimidating about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just... Not like I'm, tr- I'm trying to juggle. <laughs> <laughs> He's he man's been hanging around Orco too much, I guess. Oh, <laughs> or, right. that's it for me. Um, no, um, <laughs> uh, no, but um, you know, it, it it has its own style, and, and a lot of it was because the toys I think were so like big and beefy compared to like GI Joe and Kenner. You know, those those Star uh-huh. Wars figures are just they're so thin. The toys were five and a half inches rather than the three and three quarters. Uh, the sculpt, I mean, it was just, it was just a huge sculpt, you know? It was. And uh, so I think that, like you were saying earlier in the show, um, something about just being big and strong, 
when you're when you're a little boy it it's it you know it's it's like the pinnacle of what you can achieve i guess <laughs> yeah. at the time and uh, and the toys actually represented that which was so cool it was the only toy i had that was big like that was a um a little bath toy like you'd squeeze and suck water in and then it would squeeze it out uh hulk nice that was the only other sculpted big toy you know the powerful toy that i had yeah do you have but the, they really uh, weren't yeah they really weren't have, big and sculpted no not so much i mean and then you even look like the more obscure lines like uh the visionaries do you remember the visionaries uh-uh. yeah so they they actually did have holograms on their chest and there was like a cartoon when there was only like 12 episodes or something I remember the, they would show the cartoon at like 5.30 in the morning on Saturdays. But same thing. They were like real thin, you know, just you know, tiny little guys, maybe four inches tall. Thundercats were bigger, but, you know, they weren't uh, as massive as He-Man was, although they were taller. Yeah. Anyway, so I have to ask, what is your hap, hap, happiest Christmas memory regarding He-Man? Oh, you know, I don't know that I have a Christmas movie regarding He-Man. Okay, I well then I ever I got a He-Man for Christmas. How about you? So for me, it was definitely getting Castle Grayskull. There's a picture, and I think I'm actually using it as my um, <laughs> as as my cover photo for uh, our Facebook page. But there's a picture of me uh, when I was uh, like four, and I got the Castle Grayskull. And there's like I think I'm holding many faces, and there's Merman and and some of the other guys there, and it was like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like wow, Castle Grayskull. <laughs> That's definitely my happiest He-Man Christmas memory. But okay, if no Christmas memory, what's just your hap hap happiest memory of He-Man? Um, I think the time I got my very first He-Man doll, and it was that clunky, you know, you you the opposable He-Man. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I had him. I had him fighting everything like uh, uh i think he threw little foot off of my bed you know little I mean, like, foot, yes all of my toys i remember i had this big giant stuffed animal little foot but of course it's he-man so like you know little foot's like you know 18 inches long and he-man's you know the, the <laughs> six inches or whatever and he yeah. would just i put him in his arms and just throw him over um, nice i just remember playing for hours just he-man conquering everything in the way my like um i do just have very very good memories of like the morning sun coming in like hitting that corner of my bed where he-man would stand yeah nice that's awesome uh so you know you mentioned littlefoot uh i remember and, and of course this has nothing to do with the episode but you know like i always say it's not a podcast unless you have a little detour here and there so um, <laughs> mentioning littlefoot i remember pizza hut sold hand puppets of all the characters from the land before time and uh we all my brothers and i we each had a set so every time we'd go to pizza hut because uh, my dad he's a big time collector he collected baseball cards and then starting lineup and then he started collecting like star trek figures and you know all sorts of things uh-huh. and i remember as soon as they came out with the first one of course we were in love with the land before time like dinosaurs were like one of my favorite things in the world and so uh when that movie came out and we saw we got the first one then he decided he was going to collect them all so we all had a set and they were so much fun although they were really difficult for like a little child to make move uh-huh. <laughs> the plastic was just too heavy to to get it to get or vinyl whatever it was <laughs> i just couldn't get it to work so that would have been awesome to to see you your he-man just throw little foot off the bed <laughs> just him. he was gone little foot was my favorite toy as a kid it was my my 
you know, I guess they like what they call now lovies. Oh, I would yeah. Carry him, I would carry him, you know, everywhere with like his head would be here and my, you know, I'd have my, my hand under my, my armpit and Littlefoot's head would be coming through and I would just drag him around everywhere. There, I mean, like there are just tons of pictures of me as a kid dragging Littlefoot. Nice. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I never had a stuffed a stuffed one of those, um, just the, the little puppets. But, you know, uh, if I had thought of He-Man tossing them off, I probably would have done it myself. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I know he for sure, because I used to have, of course, you know, I, I've talked about it so many times on, on your show, but also uh, here that, um, you know, I'm huge into like, you know, Avengers style, Secret Wars, you know, yeah. multiversal you know, conflicts kind of thing. So I would get like He-Man and Lion-O and like Duke from G.I. Joe and Optimus Prime and uh, like all these guys would get together to fight like all the villains. And, uh, you know, it was like, like a big, one big tag team. And, <laughs> and so I remember He-Man one time, he had to pick up Snake Mountain because that was the only way he could like stop all the bad guys. He picked it up and then he kind of shook it so that, <laughs> so that they would all kind of fall out. And, <laughs> and, and then... I think it was Duke that held him at gunpoint while, um, gosh, who was it? Lion-O maybe called for backup. I, I don't remember, but I remember, I specifically remember that, you know, him picking up Snake Mountain to shake it. <laughs> because what else would He-Man do, right? Of course, yeah, he can't hit him. <laughs> um, you know which set I hmm. always wanted? The, uh, the Attorney I'll play set. Okay, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Yeah, so it was like these three different towers and there was like this huge, like I think it was almost like a monorail type thing that would go around it. And one of the towers was like the Royal Palace. One of the towers was Snake Mountain and the other tower was Castle Grayskull that actually somehow attached, I believe, to the Castle Grayskull playset. And I always wanted it, but it was like crazy expensive. And uh, so of course I never got it, but it looked so cool. And that was like like my one biggest thing that I I'd hoped I would get, and I just I never got. Too bad your parents didn't love you a little bit more. It looks like those sell for about fifteen hundred dollars now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although mine would not have been in a mine would not have been in a condition where I could resell it. No, for real. <laughs> I actually played with my toys as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did too. And I was surprised that a lot of them actually were intact as they were, but just the move from bringing them down from that hot attic to uh, up here, because my parents live about, you know, 10 hours south. And just that, a lot of the, like the rubber bands kind of wore out. And so all their uh -huh. legs were like just drooping off and just from shaking, you know, it's just from being up in the Texas heat, you know, in those, those attics that are like a million degrees. Yeah. So I feel bad. And uh, if any of you collectors out there are listening, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, it's not cool. I understand. But you know what? I enjoyed playing with my toys and uh, now my son likes playing with them too. So, oh well. <laughs> That's what they're for. That, exactly. That, that really is what they're for. <laughs> I can't get into the, to the collecting without, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's mine, I got to play with it. I'm not good at leaving stuff in a box. Yeah. It's, it's funny because um, there was a skit or a sketch on Saturday Night Live where they were talking about uh, like collector's toys. And uh, I don't remember if it was for Star Wars figures or for, it was for some sort of figure. And, um, you know, they're like, yeah, you got to buy three of them, you know? And the kids are like, three? He's like, yeah, one's to, one's to open and display, then like one's to put in a box and save. And <laughs> the, other, the other one's like to hang on a wall or something. <laughs> I have three of each, one to display, one to open, and one just in case. Oh, that's funny, <laughs> 
it was just yeah i mean it like totally nailed the collector aesthetic and i'm a collector myself so it uh, <laughs> i mean i can That's just what laugh. I have to do <laughs> For, you yeah, know you want to play with one to keep yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know. Like, no, no, don't do that. It'll hurt its resale value. <laughs> They're talking to like these little kids that are supposed to be playing in this commercial and <laughs> Oh man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, this good times with He-Man. Um I did enjoy that 2000 remake as I mentioned earlier, uh uh-huh. where they really got into it and I was sad that they only had two seasons. That third season was going to be with a uh, King Hiss and like the Snake Man. And so I was really excited to see where it was going to go, but, um, oh, well, didn't pan out that way. So I've got high hopes for the, uh, Kevin Smith one. I, really I do, do too. I, I'm generally a fan of his work. Uh, although sometimes I, I disagree with some of his, uh, his ideas. So like in that, uh, which one is a Batman cacophony? Is that the one that he, um, I don't recall what it, no, no, the, the widening gyre maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Uh, where you know he tells that uh, that new partner of his that in his first mission he like wet himself or something, and so that kind of was like what that just like ruined Batman for me. For I mean it did it ruined him for like a good like I don't know half a year. I was like ah I'm out of this. <laughs> and of course he's Batman, so you always come back to Batman. But uh, right, well but, you know you know in, in general I I am a fan of Kevin Smith. So it's interesting though that he I think that was for. Uh historical accuracy i don't think most people realize you know like when when knights go into battle they go in battle <laughs> you know like uh, that's, if you read you know ancient you know if you read these uh, uh old accounts of battlefields that's one of the things they talk about it's just the sheer stench of human excrement oh wow uh, and brandon sanderson in his series uh the stormlight archives where he has people in armor he talks specifically about that hmm I have to check those out. That's uh, you're not the first person to mention that particular series, so um, it's probably something that I'm going to have to eventually read. If you're looking for books, I recommend Sanderson to start with Mistborn. It's a good intro into his universe. Okay, right on. He is the single best world builder out there. Wow, well, that's something. Yeah. That's saying yeah. something. Yeah, it's, but especially when Tolkien created his own language, so. <laughs> Um, right so wow that's definitely saying something all right i'll have to check those out consider me sold awesome (laughs) well okay one thing i do have to i do have to ask did they ever show horde prime's face no okay that's what i thought because i I never i could never remember what he looked like and i I thought well maybe they just never showed him okay so i'm glad i'm glad i'm not going crazy there so i think now it's uh we've come to the part of the show that is actually my favorite uh, it's what I like to call gag me with the spoon. So this is where we pick our least favorite part of the the episode that we watched or, or you know, whatever it is. And we do our best impressions. The winner will get a totally rad Christmas sticker, unless I win, in which I get a big fat nothing. And uh, <laughs> we're going to let the, the listeners decide. They're going to vote on our social media pages. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, as... You're, as the guest, I will allow you to go first, just to, you know, kind of set up the scene for us, and then uh, let's hear your best impression. All right, it's when uh, Prince Adam and Octo are talking. Okay. At the end, where they're oh. talking about Christmas. Oh, Orko? Okay. Oh, yes, Orko. I don't know why I said Octo. I did that earlier, too. Um, <laughs> probably okay. because of the company Octo that we work on for 
uh, 2FA, but anyway, uh, it's work stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, but the spirit of Christmas season is within us all. It's a season of love and joy and caring and presents. <laughs> presents are nice, Orko, but Christmas means much more than that. I know, Adam. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. That's right, Orko. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Presents. <laughs> oh, Orko. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's like one of those uh like 1950s shows you know like, oh orco and you can just yeah. hear like the laugh track in the background or something exactly <laughs> and just like coming back to my favorite part being the presence oh it's just so cheesy okay well i'm also gonna take um an easy route but this time i'm going in the opposite direction so my least favorite part of the show even though it's super essential to the plot uh and and I actually like it. The What makes it the least favorite part for me is the dialogue. So I am choosing where Skeletor has the two little children and they're walking <laughs> in the snow. And of course, they've been complimenting him. And Skeletor says in his best Skeletor voice, <clears throat> All right. Listen, I am not nice. I am not kind. And I am not wonderful. It's <laughs> terrible, okay. but that's my Skeletor. <laughs> Uh, that was um, something. Yeah, that was an interesting Skeletor. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I'm not a very good Skeletor, but uh, you know, we're gonna put this out and uh, vote for the best worst impression. What if there's no good one? <laughs> <laughs> if there's no good one, uh, and you just want Tom to get a nice sticker, then uh, feel free just to vote for Tom. <laughs> 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 oh man. So um, two more things before we go. First, uh, Anthony wanted me to ask, uh, between you and, and him, which one of you is Heat Miser and which one is Snow Miser? I'm 100% Snow Miser. <laughs> okay. He is definitely Heat Miser. <laughs> so he, he initially said that um, he initially agreed with you and then he changed his mind saying because he was taller and, uh, and his words, not mine because his nose is bigger, uh, <laughs> that he's a <laughs> snow miser. But, uh, oh, I could funny. see, I could see him, uh, I could see him being heat miser. Oh yeah. That fiery attitude. Yeah. But, uh, Julia would definitely be mother nature. I think that's fair. Yeah. How do you fit into the little world? Me? Oh, I'm yeah. Santa Claus, man. <laughs> Well played. Ooh, mic drop. No. Wow. I'm, no, I'm. I like it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm probably like Hermie or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, before we go, the GI Joes taught us that knowing was half the battle. What do you think is the other half? After knowing. Yes. Ooh, getting well rested. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm. I imagine. I forget what that's like. So I'm just imagining that that's a good thing, especially right now with oh. uh, children full of energy running around the house. <laughs> yes. Now that I am very familiar with. Um, so we're, that's we're better than the mine. battle from exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With yeah. yours. Uh, that's definitely better than mine. Mine is uh, make sure you spread Christmas cheer so that your captor saves you instead of hurting you. <laughs> oh, well played. So, uh, yeah, but Tom, it has been a blast talking with you. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, it is always fun. It's one of my favorite guys there. So, um, thanks for coming on the show and, uh, you can catch Tom on tis the podcast. Uh, anything else you want to plug? 
no, I think that's it. Oh, you've okay. uh, you've been great about bringing on uh, other Christmas podcast hosts. It's been fun to listen to, to you interacting with them and seeing how the Christmas podcast community uh, works and supports each other. It's been pretty awesome. I agree. And uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, and thank you for having me. You're the one that, uh, you know, having me on, you made me want to have my own podcast. So I appreciate that as well. Um, That's awesome. Listeners, y'all should definitely give him a five-star rating on iTunes. <laughs> and uh, likewise with Tis the Podcast. It is one of my favorites. I, I never miss an episode unless I absolutely cannot help it. And even then I try to listen to it as fast as I can. Uh, the interactions between especially uh, Tom and Anthony are particularly <laughs> um, hilarious and uh, they're just so engaging and Julia is always the the kind you know motherly figure there to to sort everything out so I feel so bad uh, for her most of the time honestly I really do <laughs> now you know she loves it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah definitely check out tis the podcast and um, you can always you catch them on uh, their Facebook page and their social media uh, websites as well just go to tisthepodcast.com and you can put slash twitter facebook reddit facebook group or instagram and those will link back to redirect you to our all of our sites nice right if you come to the group you can talk to jerry he's pretty active there <laughs> I, I do what i can <laughs> so it depends on uh you know what point in the season we're at because if we're closer to christmas uh i'm usually working like a dog during that time. So, but that's what I get for working in a Christmas store. <laughs> but um, now it's my turn to say not everyone celebrates Christmas, but the spirit of the Christmas season is within us all. It's a season of love and joy and caring and presents. Presents are nice, Orko. Yes, I'm stealing your line, Tom. But Christmas <laughs> means much more than that. I know, Adam. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. That's right, Orko. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Finding us, as always, on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website coming soon. Don't forget to vote, guys. Later, dudes. But we did go to another planet, Mom. Honest. And we met Orko, and Santa Claus gave us these flying belts. Now, 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 Alicia. I don't know where you got those, those things, whatever they are, but it is bedtime. Okay, Father. Night and Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, young lady. Merry Christmas, brother. Oh, you know, you knew it was me all the time, didn't you? Uh-huh. Well, Merry Christmas, sis.